Blog Talk Radio.
everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my single Echo off my debut album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We have an amazing guest coming on shortly. Comedian Jim Florentine is going to be joining us for an interview, and he will be calling in at 8.15. So in the meantime, we're going to do my introduction I do for the show and I figured we would play some sound bits and clips of his comedy off of his various CDs, which I will go over, uh, just to before we introduce him and to warm up the show. So, again, I want to thank Jim for joining us tonight. He's an amazing comedian. In a moment, I'll give people a bio and a background on who he is and everything he has done. But before we discuss him, I'd like to tell everyone again about the concept of my show. As a clinical psychologist, as well as a singer-songwriter who's been involved in the entertainment industry for several years now, I always wanted to combine my psychology background along with my background in music and entertainment. And one of the concepts of my show, if not the main concept, is really about supporting people doing various things in the entertainment industry, um, people just involved in interesting professions. The goal is to help people get their names out there and let the world know who they are and what they are doing. So that is really what my show is all about, because um, I definitely know how difficult it could be to, you know, be someone involved in the industry and really be pushing and, you know, you try to do the best you can. And it's a very competitive industry, as we all know, whether you're a musician, a comedian, an entrepreneur. So uh, anyone who's interested in being a part of my show, feel free to contact me. I'll give you some information a little bit later on. Um, on my show, my audience is also going to get a real taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, and learn especially what it's like to be in the profession. And a few concepts that I would just like people to keep in mind is that although I am a clinical psychologist, the show that I do is not by any means meant to provide any type of formal treatment or to do on-air therapy. That That is not the concept. At times, um, you know, we might bring up psychological terms or talk about things that have a Psycho, underlying psychological, you know, theme to them. But again, it, it's going to be discussed in a very general sense, and it's not going to be used again to provide, you know, treatment or any type of specific information about people. Um, and again, at times we might discuss some interesting, controversial stories, you know, about specific relationships that my guests have had or people they've encountered in the industry. And I would like for them to make sure that they please don't use any specific names about the people they're discussing, organizations, et cetera, because my show is not meant to by any means provide um, any type of embarrassment or humiliating people. Okay. So I know we do have some people in the chat room right now, and I want to welcome Anne. Um, and there's a bunch of other people that are planning on joining us tonight. So we will definitely uh, be going back and forth between the switchboard in the chat room to get questions for Jim. Um, so at the end of my show, I'm going to provide more information about how you can become a guest. And please, if you're currently listening, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. Feel free to join us in the chat room. If you would like to call in and ask questions, I did post the number in the chat room. It is 805-243-1320. And feel free at any point to call in and uh, ask Jim Florentine some questions tonight. Since I will be focused on the interview, I apologize in advance that I might not be able to respond freely in the chat room. So, again, if there's any specific questions that you have, um, feel free to definitely call into the show. So I'm, so I'm sure you're all intrigued to get to the interview, which we will be getting to very shortly. Um, I can let everyone know that I've been a huge supporter and fan of Jim Florentine for some time now, 
and I've been fortunate enough to have the pleasure of meeting him and seeing him perform on various occasions at venues such as Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club, Bar Anticipation, and the House of Blues in Atlantic City. Uh, just to let everyone know, we will plug it now as well as later in the show. Jim is performing this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, this Friday night, May 27th, with a show starting at 10 o'clock p.m., doors opening at 9, and also he's performing two shows Saturday, May 28th, with an early show at 8 o'clock p.m. and a late show at 10 o'clock p.m. If you need any other additional information, I recommend going to www.unclevinniescomedyclub.com, and all the information is available about uh, the price of the tickets and et cetera. So definitely come out. It's going to be an awesome show. I'm definitely going to check it out on Friday with a bunch of people, so hopefully we will have more people join us. So let's give some background information on Jim. And Jim will be joining us, as I said, at 8.15 to anyone who just joined us again in the chat room. Jim is a nationally touring, well-known comedian who has been seen performing his stand-up act at comedy clubs and theaters all over the country. Jim co-hosts VH1 classic hit heavy metal talk show series, That Metal Show, with Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk. And that show is amazing. It's, it's a great show. It's now going into its seventh season, so it's, it's doing really well. And people can check it out on VH1 Classic. Jim has also been an Emmy Award winner for his work on HBO's Inside the NFL. He and his longtime comedy partner, Don Jameson, are also known for writing, producing, and performing sports-themed comedy sketches, collaborating on hitting camera DVDs and Comedy Central web series called Meet the Creeps, as well as a series of prank call CDs titled Terrorizing Telemarketers, and we're going to play a couple of those in a moment, um, which are frequently played on the Howard Stern Show. And... Jim has also been featured on Down and Dirty with Jim Norton, a stand-up comedy series that aired on HBO, as well as will appear in a film coming up called A Little Help, starring Jenna Fisher from The Office and Chris O'Donnell. Jim has made numerous appearances with some of the following, to name a few, on The Apprentice, The Late Show with Craig Kilborn, The Howard Stern Show, MTV Music Video Awards, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Last Call with Carson Daly. Jim has also um, signed a deal with legendary metal, blade, legendary metal label, Metal Blade Records, and he has numerous comedy CDs available, including Anger is a Gift, Get the Kids Out of the Room, as well as, as, well as his terrorizing telemarketer CDs. All these are available by going to his website at jimflorentine.com. So we will be introducing him momentarily, and let's start out the show with uh, Check out one of his uh, terrorizing telemarketer comedy bits. And uh, this one's hilarious. Um, as I said, they've been played on Howard Stern frequently. This one is titled Grandpa Takes a Bath. It is off of his terrorizing telemarketers number three, this uh, CD. Again, you can purchase it off of his website. So let's take a moment to listen to this, and we will be back in a moment. Hello? Yes? Hi. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just in the middle of giving my grandfather a bath. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice of you. Okay, I'm sorry. Is that a good time? No, it's okay. I mean, okay. I just want to give him the bath all the time, but he's just, he doesn't like when I touch him in certain spots. Oh, okay. And your, your first name is J-E-S-S-E? -S -S -E? Yeah. Price, P-R-I-C-E. Behind my neck. Yeah. I'll get behind your neck. Relax. Don't, I'm sorry, miss. 
Would you prefer that I call you in about half an hour? No, no, I'd rather just get this done. No, I'd just rather get this done now. It's okay. What are you standing up in the tub for? What are you doing? You can't go to the bathroom in the tub. What are you doing? Mr. Price, I'll Jimmy. call you about half an hour. No, it's fine. It's fine, Miss. I'm afraid he's going to... No, it's okay. Look, I, there's no toilet. Just stand there. Just hold on a second, all right? Okay. It... Now he's peeing. How old is he? He's 82. Uh, are you okay? Grandpa, are you okay? No, no. Are you okay? I can't move, Jimmy. just fell. I, I'm not, can't call an ambulance. Just shut up. I'm trying to get this information. I need one more minute on the phone. Look, you want me to stick your head under the water? Look, all right? Okay, miss, hurry up. Shut up. Okay, everyone, and uh, that was just uh, one of Jim Florentine's, it's, it's hysterical, I love that one, it's one of his uh, comedy bits off of Terrorizing Telemarketers, titled Grandpa Takes a Bath, you can also check out the soundbite on his website at jimflorentine.com. We also have several guests right now in the chat room, please create a blog talk radio account and join us. <laughs> Someone just posted in the chat room, who's the grandpa, that's a good question, Um we will ask Jim that when we get him on the air shortly. He should be calling in, hopefully, any minute now. Um, but that's a great question, and we will ask him that momentarily. So uh, let's see. Let's play another bit off of uh, one of Jim's uh, CDs. Let's do one of his comedy CDs. He has a CD called Anger is a Gift. And uh, let's check out Nice Girl in Church. This is one of the comedy bits off of his album. So let's check out Nice Girl in Church. We will be right back. And Jim Florentine will join, be joining us momentarily. Oh. I should have listened to my mom. My mom always said, meet a nice girl in church. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to meet a girl in church. You know what I mean? That's, I should have listened to her. I should have. But I didn't want to. How much fun is that? I was, a, I was in line of confession one time. This good-looking girl's in front of me, so I figure I'll talk to her when she comes out of the confession, all right? She goes in there. She's in and out like 10 seconds. I'm thinking, how much fun could she be? You know what I mean? Even a nun is in there for like a minute and a half. What could she have said in 10 seconds? Uh, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I said the word jackass. I want a girl that's in there for like an hour. You know she's got problems. You know, I want to go, go in there and go, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I touched myself so much, I got carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the one I want. Oh. And I met her in a bar, too, and I, I never do that. I, I broke my rule. I don't meet girls in bars, so I don't buy them drinks. Because every time I buy a girl drink in a bar, this would always happen. So thanks, but I'm going to go over there and talk to my friends. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, but I, I just bought you a drink. I know, but I'm going to talk to my friends. Sorry. And I knocked a drink out of her hand. I'm like, sorry, back. <laughs> sorry, back. You know, the only thing bad about that is I wasted a roofie. Now it's on the ground, you know. But, but I'll get another one. I've got connections. All right, everyone, and we are back. Uh, that was a comedy bit off of Jim Florentine's 
CD titled Anger is a Gift, which is available on jimflorentine.com. And that comedy bit was titled Nice Girl in Church, where Jim is basically talking about how if you meet a girl in church, she's probably not going to be too much fun since uh, she doesn't have many problems, according to his bit. <laughs> so, um, again, we have more people that just joined us in the chat room. Welcome, Mark and Colette. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. So Jim should be, again, calling in, and here he is right now, it looks like. It looks like we just got a caller, so I will bring him on the air now. Hello. Hey, Jim. Welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. <laughs> nice. How's it going? Congratulations. Good, good. I, I, I uh, used my time wisely. I paid a bunch of uh, comedy bits from your uh, stuff I downloaded, so it's going very well. <laughs> so welcome. What did you play? I did, um, let's see, we did uh, Grandpa Takes a Bath. Nice. Off of uh, Terrorizing Telemarketers. Oh, it's great. Oh, real quick, before we start it, why don't we, someone in the chat room wants to know, who is the grandpa? Uh, Chuck McAnally. He's <laughs> okay. a comic friend of mine. Okay. He's done a bunch of my Meet the Creep stuff, and he tours with me, yeah, so it's my buddy Chuck. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Ann, there you go. You got your answer. That's who the grandpa is. They were wondering if it was Don Jameson. <laughs> no, Don's the other guy that sounds just like me. Okay. A lot of people are like, I don't, you guys sound exactly alike. That's awesome. Um, so, and the other one real quick that I played, and then we'll we'll get to the interview, was Meeting a Nice Girl in Church off of uh, Anger is a Gift, your comedy CD. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. My <laughs> mom always said too. that. <laughs> yeah, my mom always said that, yeah. Like, they're going to be really exciting. So has that happened? Have you met the nice girl in church? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you call a strip club a church. If you call, what's that? A strip club a church. A strip club a church. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so, almost um, like a church. You donate there and, you know. That's true. Hopefully, Very someone, true. Hopefully, yes. someone will, hopefully someone will get on their knees. <laughs> that is very true. Very creative. Very creative. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I have tons of questions I want to ask you tonight, but I also want to make the show, you know, flexible, and you can kind of plug whatever you want to plug with, with whatever you're currently working on. Um, as I mentioned, when I opened the show, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but I did a whole bio and background on you and Plugged pretty much everything under the sun I could find on you. <laughs> awesome. No, so, I, um, um, no uh, cool. Cool. So I guess the first thing I always ask, I'm just always curious to know where people originated from. Are you originally from New Jersey? Um, and talk a little bit about your background, where you came from, how you got involved in comedy. Yeah, I grew up in New Jersey, pretty much lived here most of my life. I lived a few years down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but pretty okay. much Jersey. And, uh, you know, it was just a base of, you know, um, my whole thing is, like, I didn't want to work the nine-to-five job, working in an office, you know, sort of like right. the office-based movie. I didn't want to be that guy in the cubicle. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> deal with some, some douchebag telling me what to do. I had no idea right, what right. he was doing himself. So I always knew, and my, all my friends were in bands, a lot of them, you know, and I couldn't play an instrument, but I was always interested in music. So I started DJing at first. I was DJing on the radio. Then, I, you know, I was like the rock DJ in, in, in different clubs, and I DJed at weddings and stuff. I had that little business going on. 
Nice. And then uh, once I started doing radio a little more and getting into it, I really liked it. I didn't want to be like Howard Stern. Like, I wasn't like that, even though I was a huge fan. I was just doing my mm-hmm. thing. I would just crack, like, corny jokes, but not necessarily edgy. I wasn't trying to, like, you know, be outrageous. And I would even get in trouble just cracking corny jokes. And that's okay. when I decided, okay. let, me go up on, let me go up on stage and do this because uh, that nobody could tell me what to do. Nice. So how long were you – that's interesting because I, I didn't know about that with your DJing. How long were you involved in radio before you decided, you know, you were going to branch off into comedy? Probably about two years. But, I mean, I went to college for communications, and I was on, like, the local uh, radio station at college. And then I did an internship at a, a station in uh, Hazlitt, New Jersey, WCNJ. Oh, and um, then they hired me to do nights, like I was doing two nights a week. And then they then they actually hired me to do the morning show. They wanted me to be the morning guy, so I did that for like six months. And that's when I really, you know, had to be really strict about what I did, what I played, right? Records and stuff. And right. I just I just couldn't I couldn't deal with I couldn't deal with the structure. Right, right. Very cool. Where did you uh, Where did you go to school to get your communications degree? I just went to a lo- you know what I went to a local um, g- uh, community college, Brookdale Community College in uh, Lincoln, New Jersey. Yep. No, exactly where it is. Yep, community- and a lot of people. Yeah, they had a good communications program there. So I said, let me just go there two years, and then I'll go I'll figure out where I'll go from there. You know, let mm-hmm. me see if I make sure I like this, because I was always interested in, like, radio, TV, film, acting and stuff. And after the two years, I was already working as a DJ, you know, on a station. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to go for two more years. This is what I want to do. And I wasn't good at, you know, cool. at school anyway. I just tried to cut corners. Any of this shit, shit that I was into, I loved. Like, you know, most of the stuff I could care less about, you know, calculus and friggin' geometry and shit like right. that. I was like, I'm never going to use this stuff. So I said, you know what, I just, so I did only went to two years. Very cool. So you took a crack at comedy, and so what was your first experiences like with uh, with getting up there? Was it something that came naturally to you? Was it something that you really felt you needed to kind of hone your skills with and work on? No, well, I mean, I was never good at um, public speaking at all, even when there was – I, even though wow. I took an acting class, I'd be petrified to actually go up there and do it. Uh, and then any time, okay. like in school, you had to go up in front of the class and read a paper. I would I would call out sick that day or whatever because I was just so <laughs> frightened to talk in front, in front of people. But then, right. then when I started, thought I wanted to do stand-up, it still took me six months to actually get on stage, get enough balls to get up there. Because I was so, you know, I was like, uh, like I don't know if I could do this. So everyone's going to be staring at me and judging me. But then once I went up, I mean, I bombed, but I, I, I just knew that I loved it. I just loved being up there. I got a couple laughs, but, I mean, ultimately, I, I was terrible. And anyone that says the first time they are on stage, they did great is lying. Right, There's right. no way they did. <laughs> I want to hear that tape if they did. I want to hear it and listen to it with them and go, you fucking, you bombed. But I just knew, it was like, a couple laughs I did get, I just knew that's what I wanted to, what I wanted to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Just I, and I'm always curious to know because every comedian has a different answer and a different take on this. Were most people? Did you find you know family, friends, supportive in you pursuing this type of a career and going down this type of a road? Yeah, I was lucky, man. I had all my my parents, my family, my friends. Everybody, it was, everyone was 100 percent supportive. Wow, that's great. Not one negative that's way. Really what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What if you don't make it? And none, no one said a word. Wow. I used to come to all my shows and follow, you know, I was going to New York City trying to, you know, hit the break into the clubs early on, you know, which I wasn't ready for, but they would all come into the city and, and see my shows mm-hmm. and cheer me on and all the, you know, little shitty gigs in New Jersey. I was doing the bars and whatever. 
that, you know, right. they'd always right. follow them. So they were 100% supportive. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. Did you at yeah. any time, especially when you were starting out and you were new at doing it, I mean, did you get discouraged at all? I mean, it, again, as you know, I'm involved in music, and it's, there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of, you know, difficulties that come along with pretty much any type of career in the entertainment industry. So what were your experiences like? Did anything ever make you disillusioned or question yourself? Well, you know, when you first start, you know, every comic thinks everything they write is amazing and they're going to be on HBO right. in, like, you know, <laughs> years. <laughs> right. They think that they're best and they're amazing and, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, they have 30 minutes of material and they're doing comedy, like, two weeks because everything they write is amazing. Uh, but right. I still like, soon realized that wasn't the case when I wasn't performing in front of my friends and I would bomb. But, you know, I, I started, you know, right off the bat, I mean, two, about two years in the comedy, two, three years, Probably about two, you know, guys that were headliners um, took a liking to me and took me on the road and really got me into a lot of places and got me on stage a lot, like guys like Rich Foss and Bob Levy, That's guys awesome. like that. That were really, really cool. They were really established. Yeah, they were already established headliners, and they were like, they took a liking to me, like, oh, I got, I'm bringing this guy to be like the MC, so just throw him fifty awesome. bucks or whatever. So I was working constantly, so I really got, I got good quick. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, it's funny because, and I don't know, maybe and maybe you can comment on this, I don't know if maybe comedy is just kind of an interesting or different animal, but I know a couple of upcoming comedians now that are friends of mine, and they've been so fortunate to meet, you know, some pretty well-established people like yourself that are just mentors and they're willing to kind of take them on and guide them, and I just, I find that to be amazing. I mean, is that something that's typical, you think, in the comedy industry, or just, you just fall into it? Uh what was what, I'm sorry. What did you say at the end there? Was it just is it typical? Do you do you see comedians in general, especially more like you were saying, you know, Bob Levy, some of the more established ones, were willing to they saw something in you and kind of take you on board. And is that something that comedians typically do, or just maybe certain people do that? Uh you know, no. I mean, some <clears throat> some guys. They figure they kind of think that everybody's a threat to them. I never thought I never thought right. of it like that. I always said there's, there's room for everybody, you know. So I'm not worried about it. Um, but no, you know, I just, I just figured I wanted to give back because guys did that for me, you know, it helped oh, me get into a club. And then, you know, I had to do it on my own after that, but they, they got my foot in the door. So I always like to do that with young comics too, when I can, you know, guys that, you know, listen, if they're just going to be rebellious and just, you know, say, fuck you, I'm not doing that. I don't give a shit. You know, right. I want to do whatever right. I think. I'm like, you know, look, there are certain rules you have to abide by until you get to be a headliner mm-hmm. people coming to see you. You got to meet the people halfway. That's just the way it is. Or it's gonna be really, you're gonna have a really tough road. I yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So that's no, that's great. That's great that you're so willing to give back to people too. And I mean, I've as you know, I've seen you a handful of times. I said in the beginning of the show, I plugged where you're gonna be at this weekend, and I'll do that again real quick now. Uh, to everyone listening in, Jim Florentine will be at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club this weekend in uh, Point Pleasant, New Jersey, and you can purchase tickets by going to UncleVinny'sComedyClub.com. He will be doing a 10 o'clock show on Friday, May 27th, and two shows on May 28th, Saturday, an 8 o'clock early show and a 10 o'clock late show. So definitely check him out. He's awesome. As I said, I've seen him numerous times, and his material is just great. And just, I guess, to segue to your material, I mean, Jim, I don't know. I, I can't even describe it. It's your it's your delivery. It's your presentation. It's the stuff you do. I just, I don't know. I could see you every night, and I still find it hilarious. Um, and I guess maybe... Some people just have their own niche. I mean, were there any comedians that you looked up to that you 
kind of gravitated towards when you started to become more established and get yourself out there? Well, I mean, you know, like Rodney Dangerfield was a big influence on me. I loved okay. how he's just, you know, <clears throat> quick set up punch, set up punch, boom, 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 you know, just joke, joke, joke. I love that okay. about him. And, and uh, you know, uh, Sam Kennison, obviously, you know, because he, he brought, you know, I was into music too, so he brought like that whole rock and roll kind of right. comic thing to, you know, playing in bands and bringing a guitar and have musicians up there and all that stuff. And just his material was out there. And then Andrew Dice Clay was a big one too. When I first saw him with the leather jacket on, the cigarette, you know, he just, you know, all of a sudden, comedy was cool. Comedy was cool to me. It wasn't like the, you know, the bad sports jacket with the jeans and the, you know, the t-shirt underneath, like most of these guys look like. I'm like, ah, they're fucking cornballs. But then guys like Dice and Kenneth came out. I'm like, holy shit. So those guys really influenced me. And you know, when I saw Richard Pryor as a kid, before I even thought about doing stand-up, I remember seeing live in the Sunset Strip and him talking about how he you know, set himself on fire. I'm like, holy shit. And then, you know, a minute later, wow. he's making people laugh. I'm like, wow, that's fucking great. awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, speaking of comedy, one of the people in the chat room, Anne, wants to know, how did you handle your first heckler? Um, if you can recall you know, I <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I just, I do know that um, uh, probably about, Three years into me doing stand-up, um, I got a really cool gig opening for. Um, there was a sketch group called The State. Okay. It's a bunch of the guys that are in Reno, uh, 9/11 now, like those show, Mike Showalter, I don't know, Showalter, all those guys, kind of. Anyway, it was on MTV. It was big back in MTV back in you know, I guess like mid, early to mid 90s or something like that, and I had like. I was the warm-up guy for them, so, like, I'd go out before okay. they'd take the show and do jokes, and I remember them, some kids, you know, because they had this big following because they were, like, NYU students who thought they were too fucking cool for the room, you know, right, right. that. So I would go up there, and, I'd, you know, I had long hair, and I was doing these friggin', you know, you know, raunchy jokes, and, and so I remember these guys heckling, and I'm, I'm heckling them back, and I remember the people, like, running the show, like, you can't yell back at the people. I'm like, fuck you. I go, they yelled at me. Yeah, but... You're you're supposed to be nice and be a host up there. I go, I'm not going to take that shit, and I wound up getting fired. And it was a good gig oh, for no. me. It would have got me a lot of exposure. But I was like, I'm not. I don't give a fuck. I'm coming right, right. back at you. I'm not just going to sit there and take it because the the crowd's going to lose lose respect for you if you don't come back with something. Right. So I do okay, remember that. Great. But I don't. You know, I've always been pretty good at handling hecklers because I'm good at you know comebacks. I've always been like that. You know, just. You know, growing up in Jersey, you just pick on each other. You know, and and then but right, that's our right. way of showing affection. I agree, and I remember when I when I last saw you, I remember there was oh my gosh, there was a guy that was so drunk in the crowd, and yeah, you're very good with just kind of very off the cuff kind of improv, including the crowd, you know, coming back at them. So I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely I think another strength that you you know possess and well, you definitely exude when you're at, on stage. At the beginning, right? In the beginning, like before I was comfortable on stage, I would just attack. If someone heckled me, but okay. now I'm, I'm comfortable up there where I don't care if I lose them, you know, in a crowd, like, oh my God, so I'll, I'll, I'll ease into it. I won't just slam them right away. I'll right. find out what the problem <laughs> is and see if I could do some fucking, you know, get into their heads and understand what's going on. And then right. if they don't right. listen, then I just, then I, you know, then I'll really go after them. But I try to get people like, hey, you know, just calm down, dude, just relax. The show's almost over. Right. It'll be all right. If you're going to talk, just go talk outside real quick because I'm in the middle of something, all right? You know, like I try to do it diplomatically. And then, you know, when there's booze involved and, you know, 
it, it, comedy is not conducive to. It, it's really tough to do comedy in a place because there's a lot of you know there's booze and it's relationships. It's mostly married people or people that are dating that come to comedy right. clubs, and you know and a lot of the relationships. If you look out there and you know when you're sober, you can probably sixty percent of them are not in good shape. So when they're drinking, it gets worse, and someone's laughing at some jokes, and the girl doesn't like it. It's a whole mess, or she's drinking, and she's causing a scene. and So all the issues of their relationship come out during a comedy show, and then the, a lot of times the comic has to deal with it. Right. Absolutely. And I remember that was a specific example. The guy was just, like, totally bombed, and, and she was, yeah, it was just, it was funny. I do remember that. But why don't we yeah, we never get we never get the we never get the people well behaved that go to like a family function the next day at noon. Right. You know we don't get them. We get them in their fucking worst when they're fucking drunk and they worked all week. They're like fuck, I'm getting hammered. I don't give a fuck. And they had a big fight right. in the car on the way over there. And there's already tension. And you know he's laughing at jokes that she doesn't find funny, so she's angry or vice versa or. You know she's looking at the waiter too long. What the fuck are you looking at? Him? What are you are you like him? Or, you know, the comic's good-looking, so the guy gets jealous. Or the girl's good-looking on stage, so the, the girl gets jealous. There's all this shit going right. on. <laughs> well, I think this is a perfect moment for us to take a brief break. And why don't we check out your comedy bit called Why Do Things Together? Because you're talking about interpersonal relationships and marriages and, and all that good stuff, which is off of, I have this written down here. Let me check this out. It's off of his... Uh, CD called Anger is a Gift. You can check it out on jimflorentine.com. Be sure to purchase it. So does that sound good, Jim? We'll check that out? Yeah, sure. All right, let's check that out. We're going to check out why do things together, everyone, and Jim will tell you in his comedy bit why people usually don't stay together. And we'll be right back with Jim Florentine. And we got married people here, people in relationships, whatever, what's going on here? Are you really? How long have you guys been living together? Because that's the key to the relationship. I see you got your arm around your chick over there. You married, sir? I mean, you guys actually hang out with each other? You guys do things together? Not really. That's, see, that's why they get along. That's the key to any relationship is don't hang out with each other. I'm telling you, you got nothing in common. Stop trying to force it. Seriously, you don't. Just give up on it. It's not working. That's why me and my girlfriend get along. We don't do anything together. It's fucking beautiful. But now she's getting a little clingy. She's like, I want to do things together with you. I'm like, why? No, come on, let's do things together. I'm like, all right, fine. Look at that chick's ass over there, Dad. And she's like, well, why would I do that? We're going to do things together. That's what I do. Right, that's what I do. I'm not going to change it up. Ugh. Okay, everyone, and we are back on the air with Jim Florentine. We just heard his comedy bit called Why Do Things Together off of his CD, Anger is a Gift. So definitely check it out again on jimflorentine.com. Love that, Jim. You, can, you, could, definitely, that you could definitely hear the Andrew Dice Clay influence on in that. Yeah, absolutely. That's an Andrew Dice absolutely. Clay bit, like an R-rated bit instead of X. Right, right. And that's great. That's great. But you so, know what, like um, you know, and, and, and you know, I I, I remember that that album got reviewed because it's more of a, like a whole relationship album. That mm-hmm. one I wanted to put out. Most of that album is, and you know, people are like, oh, he's like, you know, he's got like a sexist man show, you know, attitude, you know, going through the whole CD. I'm like, yeah, well, that's you know, in relationships, that's what's funny about relationships is is the tension. 
the nice stuff is it, you know. So, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the, you know. I mean, my girlfriend actually take walks in the park, and we'll go to the beach and hang, or go see movies and shit like that. Like, nobody wants to hear that because it's not funny. Right, right. So I take apart the other stuff, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, he's, you know, what a sexist he is. And, you know, he's just, a, you know, a guy's guy. Yeah, God forbid, you know, that I'm a guy's guy. You know, God forbid you, you know, you act like a man. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's awesome. And all my friends who come to see you in combination of girls and guys, we all think you're great. So it's, we don't you think know, you're sexist. It's true, but it's, it's, you know, but that, that's what this, you know, whole uh, generation is now. What's going on yeah. is, you know, you can't act like a guy anymore because it's not, you know, you're a fucking asshole if you do, you know, like, because, Every right. show on now is, you know, goofy fucking, you know, Dancing with the Stars and American Idol and all this fucking crap, you know, all this <laughs> nice, nicey stuff. And then you get Mel Gibson yelling at his girlfriend on, on voicemail, so having a big fight, and he's, you know, the Antichrist. Like, no no one in relationships ever had a blowout like that. But all right, of a sudden, exactly. he's, a fucking, you know, he's the biggest dick, and he's sexist, and all this other stuff, because he's enraged that the girl basically, you know, got knocked up and, and, you know, after a year, the kid's a year old, she wants to get out of the relationship and he's angry. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, and the stuff is funny, and, you know, unfortunately, and, it is. Any woman, any woman, and, you know, you think about it, like, you know, okay, you could see her side of it too, who knows what went on, but any woman that you, you're married to and you have a kid with, why is she tape recording his conversations? Right, exactly. Like, where's the trust there? Where's the trust there? And then you release them and go, wasn't me. Really? Who the fuck was it then? You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that anyway to your husband? Yeah. If you're not getting along, get a divorce and move on. But, you know, so, but he's the Antichrist because he's a man's man and he yells. God forbid. Right. right. (laughs) We can have a separate uh, dialogue about that. I'll use my psychology background to uh, analyze that whole situation. But we'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a psychologist, you know, right? I mean, look, you don't know what was going on. You don't know what was what was what happened ten minutes before that when she started taping him. He was screaming. She, you know, he could have right. walked in and she could have been blowing his best friend. You don't know that. It, well, exactly. Right. You're taking a, a a piece of data in a moment of time and making all these hypotheses and you know uh, things about it without having all the data. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone in a relationship, when you're in a friggin' big fight, I mean, but you say mean, awful things. You take yeah. them back and you're sorry, but sometimes shit gets said that, you know, you look back and you heard a recording of it, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I said that. Imagine if that got right. out to the world. People would think I'm the biggest fucking asshole. Right, right. Yep, I know, I know. People are, it's unbelievable, Jim, unbelievable, these people out there. Um, so you briefly described this. I think it's great. You briefly described anger as a gift. That CD. How would you describe the content on "Get the Kids Out of the Room"? And then we can we could play a bit off of one of those. Um, that was just a regular, like pretty much just a stand-up album. Just you know, different bits and jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it wasn't there wasn't really a theme to it. Okay. Okay. So just kind of pieces of different types of yeah, content. Yeah, of different things, like which usually most CDs are. Sure, sure. Okay, all right. Why don't we check out one of those? We'll uh, play Being a Comedian, then we'll come back and talk about your, uh, I'd love to talk about your one-man act. I mean, that that was just brilliant. I love that, and I want to ask you more information, see if you're going to be doing a tour or anything with that, and any other CDs you might have coming out soon. We'll talk a little bit about that, okay? Yep. So let's check out Being a Comedian. Let me find this in the switchboard because I have tons of things here right now. And this is also a Jim Florentine CD called Get the Kids Out of the Room, and we'll be back in a moment. 
I can't go to any parties or functions. I tell some of the comedian people are fascinated. They'll ask them like a million questions. Oh, you comedian? Tell me a joke. I don't get that. I never be at a party. Go, what do you do for a living, sir? I'm a chef. Really? Go make me a pot roast in the kitchen. <laughs> Come on, put your stupid hat on and get to work, will you? <laughs> and people always want, they find out you're a comedian, they always want to give you a joke to put in your act to help you out with what you do for a living. Oh, I got a, it's a good joke. Polish guy in a tanga, you know? And you saw everybody tonight. We don't do those kind of jokes. But they always want to give you one for free. You know, just use it. Take it for free. Don't worry about it, man. Just thank me when you're on HBO one day. That's like me meeting a guy. What do you do, sir? I'm a doctor. Really, I got a stethoscope out in the car. I could give it to you. You can have it for free. It was part of my Halloween costume this year. The guy's like, no, I have my own. No, it's going to be really good. Here, take it. Just thank me when you're on CSI playing a doctor. Thank me, all right? And whenever people find out you're a comedian, they always think you know every other comedian that's ever performed before. There's millions of comedians out there. That's the weirdest one. This guy at a party is like, you're a comedian? Hey, man, I saw this guy like 10 years ago out in Ohio. He was married. He talked about being married on stage. He had blonde hair. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, nah, I don't know who that is. Nah, come on. He talked about his kids being a pain in the ass in the car. Are you there yet every time they were driving? I'm like, oh, you're really narrowing it down now, sir. And he's going on and on like I would know this guy. So then I turned it on him. I go, well, what do you do? He's like. Okay, everyone, and we're back on the air with Jim Florentine. That was his uh, comedy bit called Being a Comedian off of his CD, Get the Kids Out of the Room, available at jimflorentine.com. Yeah, I can totally relate to that, Jim, being a psychologist. You know, you run into someone, they're like, ooh, tell me what's wrong with me. Can you analyze me right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this, you know, we gotta, you got to dig deep. It just can't be in an hour session. Right, 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 exactly, right, right. So um, real quick in the chat room, there was a couple of uh, things people wanted to ask. One of the people said, uh, why do you consider Mel Gibson's – wait, I'm sorry, hold on. There's so many people typing stuff I can't keep up with this right now. you got a lot of fans here right now. This is great. Um, why do you consider that Mel Gibson's manly behavior and not just breaking down like a pussy? Why is it one sex and not the other? What do you mean breaking down like a pussy? I guess they're saying, why do you consider his his response to whatever was going on with that woman, his, I don't know what she was, whatever she was, why do you consider him, I guess, yelling at her being, quote-unquote, manly behavior and not him breaking down versus, like, it not being the opposite, I guess they're trying to say. Why wasn't he No, that's true. Uh, he's got a point. they got a point there, absolutely. Okay. He could have just been having a meltdown or breakdown. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was, but uh, the way everyone perceived mm-hmm. it, in the media and everybody else is he's the antichrist and he's no one can work with him ever again and no one wants to touch him because you know he threw you know he threw a couple of racial slurs out there or whatever trying to make his point so he's the antichrist and he's the devil you know no one took the no one took the side like maybe this guy's just in a lot of pain and he's you know and, and let's give right. him kind of a break nobody nobody looked at it like that so instead right. they looked like right. this sexist pig. The, with the racist comments and how could he do this and yell at the mother of his kid like that. Okay, good. Okay, good point, and That was a good point to bring up. And one last thing just to give them a plug because we are working, well, actually I'm bringing on um, a woman named Colette McClafferty in uh, the next couple of weeks. She is doing PR work for a band called Zio2, and she had mentioned you perform with them before. Yeah, I did a show that, with um, them uh, in uh, – Teaneck, New Jersey at Mexicali Cafe. Uh, they're great. Okay. They're a great band. They've yeah, yeah, had a TV I, show I just, for a while on IFC. 
Yes, and what they're working on right now is there's a bunch of people that are trying to do uh, basically, you know, PR work to see if they can try to get the TV show back on the air, you know, back out there again. So we're going to do an interview about that in a couple of weeks. So I hope that was, uh, yeah, Colette says, woo, yeah, thank you, you're welcome. <laughs> um, all right, so so getting back to you, Jim, and uh, the interview. One of the things I was really interested about, and then I definitely want to ask you about um, your VH1 metal show that you co-host with Don James and Nettie Trunk, but something I was curious, without naming names, because I'm not the type of person who, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it, but there's a lot of comedians in the entertainment industry that, that engage in self-destructive behaviors to the point that they, you know, destroy their careers. And I'm so curious, though, I mean, I couldn't, you know, I have my own hypotheses, and I can look at it from, you know, a psychology angle. But I'm curious to know from your end, why do you think so many comedians that, that do become successful eventually self-destruct and, you know, just, I don't know, spoil their career? Well, I think there's a lot of the guys that go into the business, go into stand-up and, are you know, got got major issues that they never resolved, sure. and that's why they can go up on stage and, and bear their soul every night. You know, Absolutely. had a lot of pain in their life that can actually, you know, don't suppress it. Or they do, and then they, you know, deal with it with, you know, booze, drugs, hookers, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, look, to be at most comics, 90% of them are, are pretty fucked up. That's the bottom line. Oh, no, and, I, and most of the comics, right, most of the comics yeah, I've spoken with have said that. You know, these people are very disturbed. They've got a lot of issues. I understand that. But what do you think, like, when someone starts to reach a certain level where they are being very successful and, you know, they've worked really hard to get there and, you know, any Joe Schmo would want to be in their position, what what do you think starts to lead to them kind of losing it all? Because all the issues that they have, the, the addictions or whatever they have, come to the forefront mm-hmm. when you get to that level of fame. Right. Everything is thrown right in front of you and you can't control yourself, whether it's, right. you know, women, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's booze, right. whatever it is, it's all handed mm-hmm. to you. You Anytime you go, you know, I go to a, I, I go to a club now, you know, in the Funny Bone in Richmond, Virginia, and, you know, the, the managers are like, look, the, the two local clubs, the big clubs in town, you know, got bottle service for you. So you want to go there. They got a table, whatever night you want to come, you want to bring people, right. you got, you know, whatever. So you're in VIP, just let, just let us know, you know, and, and you know, comics said, Hey, anybody got Coke? Let me know. I'll be over there after the show. And people always, you know, <laughs> right. it's just easy to get. It's available. The sex sure. girls come up to you. They already know what you do. They don't, you don't have to take them to dinner. You don't have to, you know, go on four right. or five dates. And like, I, I want to fuck this guy. So it's available and all the issues and the, the stuff that can never wow. control. When, sure, it, when, you sure. know, when you're a comic, if you have a sex addiction and you're like the MC and you just started like for a year and you're doing comedy a year, most girls aren't going to fuck you. But if you're the headliner and you're on TV or whatever, you got some, some name recognition, a lot of girls will. So the guy that addiction mm-hmm. is not going to come out when he's first because he has no options. He has no choice. Girls aren't going to fuck him. But when he's the headliner, if he didn't resolve <laughs> those issues and deal with that addiction, it's all going to come to the forefront. He's just going to get fucking consumed with it whether it's drugs, right. sex, booze, whatever it is. Thank you, know, you, no, thank if you, you so got much an alcohol for... problem, If you've got an alcohol yeah, oh, problem go as the MC, as if, you're the, if you're the MC, you know, if you're like the, you know, the host of the show and you've got a major alcohol problem, you know, you're only getting like $50 for the show. So it's like you can't, and no one's giving you free booze. But when you're the headline at a, you know, the clubs are free, whatever you want. And, you know, people are here, here's some beers, here's some shots. So you can't afford it. 
But once you can, it's like, ah, fucking give it to me. Just down everything. (laughs) Right. Well, that definitely uh, brings some light. And I can can see what you're saying. A lot of comedians feel like if they fix themselves too early in their career that they won't be funny. They think that's why they're funny because they're fucked up and they got problems. And whether a guy goes out and... You know, has sex with a bunch of chicks. Oh, it's material for the stage. I could tell a crazy story, or going out and boozing mm-hmm. and passing out and waking up in a cop car. That's to be a great story for my act. Sam Kinison was famous for that. Him and his buddies, those comic buddies, used to stay up all night and do cocaine. And they're like, I remember in an interview, he's like, "Why do you do that?" He goes, "Because we we write and we do coke, and if we could just get one bit out of it, it's worth it." You know, and he really right. thought that's the only way he could be funny or come up with material if he was all coked out. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that definitely brings some light. And, you know, I think a lot of, like you're saying, I mean, with whether it's the sex or the drugs or the alcohol, I mean, I think a lot of them have a lot of compulsions and, you know, compulsivity to begin with. So like you're saying, I mean, when all that stuff is right out in front of you, your ability to control your impulses is even weaker than, you know what I mean? It would be, like you said, if you're just starting out and you don't have all that stuff available. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you're I, after, I, you know, you're after a comedy show, a bunch of hot chicks like, hey, we're going to go to the bar next door. Come on, hang out. You, let's, uh, you know, this, we got six uh, single friends. We're meeting a bunch of girls over there. Let's have fun. Come on. Let's go. Right. And, you know, a guy with a sex addiction like, fuck. Ugh. You know, I don't have to be up till you know, I don't have a show till for 24 hours. I'm in a town. What else am I going to do? Why not? What, am I going to go back to my hotel and watch TV? Or do six hot chicks want to go party with me? So it's really tough to turn down. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Right. No, I mean, thank you for sharing that. That's definitely, I hope people listening to the show can uh, definitely listen to that and, you know, get some insight into that because that's definitely always been something I've been curious about. Um, So let's talk a little bit about uh, VH1's uh, hit metal series, that metal show that you co-host with Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk and I see it's going into its seventh season now, which is phenomenal. And talk a little bit about the show. How did you get involved in it? Um, was it a concept that, you know, you, Don, and Eddie, you know, came together and created yourself? Or, yeah, talk a little bit about the show. Yeah, well, I mean, Eddie Trump, you know, has been a DJ in New York for like 30 years. And he was working mm-hmm. on VH1 for a while doing, like, interviews with rock bands. And, you know, we, me and Don became friends. And I mean, we do his radio show, and Eddie's like, I'm going to try to pitch a show about just, you know, hosting a show and just talking about heavy metal and uh, having guys right. on and just doing interviews. I'm like, all right, you know, you see, I got a connection up there. And, you know, he brought us up there and they said, all right, we'll give you money to go do a show. We'll see what happens. And then, you know, we did one show and they loved it. And that was, you awesome. know, like three years ago. We've done seven seasons since. That's you know, great. Like That's phenomenal. It's 40-year-old males that basically watch the show. So we're not getting, you know, 20-year-old girls or anything like that. When I, But, you know, the people that do like that show that grew up on that music, that classic hard rock, sure. heavy metal, love it because they're like, you know, they're 40 now and they're married and like, oh, shit, yeah, I remember Doc and Fuck. What's going on with them? You know, <laughs> right. Uh, but, if, you know, and so, what's that? Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just hearing right now, I just got a text that Judas Priest is on American Idol tonight and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Well, why don't you comment on that? I don't know what to say because I, I know Rob Halford, <laughs> the singer, and he's been on our show a bunch of times. He's the nicest guy in the world. and But it just it hurts. Well, yeah, but, there's you know, been some again, interesting people on there. I know, but it's, I, like, I've never watched more than one minute of that show ever. 
And it's just like it's I know. Just, you know, I, it's just I tough to see your heroes on there. But then again, there's no other place to promote yourself. You know, it used to be MTV back in the day, or radio used to play your shit. Right. Now, you know, there's no record companies anymore. So how else do you get your name and exposure out there by Absolutely. doing, you know, unless you do a show like that? Yep. Yep. I mean, you're so. I mean, wow. We could have another whole conversation and interview on that because. Yeah, I mean, that has changed dramatically. And I think most, I mean, I'm very, I think as a musician, I'm very grounded and very realistic. I have learned a lot from just doing everything on my own. And, you know, you see so many people out there who still think, oh, I'm going to get a record deal. I'm going on the road tomorrow. I'm going to be a superstar. And I'm like, you have no clue, you know, what you're even looking at. Because, like you said, labels, they just don't have the budgets anymore. You know, people get stuff for free off the Internet. Um and, and to be honest, the CDs are making you pennies. I mean, it's the touring. Wouldn't you agree with the touring? That's really where you're bringing in, if you're a big band, the money. Absolutely. That's the only way to make yeah. your money now. They're, you know, they're still getting right. royalties from back stuff, you know, if people are sure. you know, re, you know, buying the catalog and, and downloading from iTunes and stuff like that, specific songs, and making a little laugh. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I kind of understand it, but it, it still hurts. Oh, I agree. I know. It was interesting. I know when. But you know um, what? The bottom line is, I could say all I want, but if they, if if it ever came to a day, which I it never would, but hypothetically, if they said, "Hey, we want Jim, Don, and Eddie to be special guest fucking judges for like a hard rock segment of American Idol," I'd be there in a fucking second. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I would do it because people, like, you know, all these people like, have no idea who I am as a comic or anything. They're like, "Who is this guy?" And we discover you, just like you know that metal show is. A lot of people did. I was doing stand-up 17 years before I even got the show. And, like, I didn't wow. even know you did stand-up. So people are just finding that out. So I understand where they're coming from. But it still yeah. hurts. It's almost like, it's almost like you're my ex-girlfriend, fucking someone that I knew. I'm like, you're fucking that guy? I'm like, all right, I know you need <laughs> to get laid. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you that I think you really need to take – different roads and be creative, whether, like you said, whether you're trying to get your comedy out there or, you know, judging metal bands and people, right, you're going to get a whole new audience that's going to be exposed to you. And I agree with you um, that sometimes you have to, you know, suck it up a little bit and do it, even though you might not want to. But that's great that you're open-minded like that. Um, All right, awesome. So you're going into the seventh season of uh, VH1's metal series, that metal show, so everyone be sure to check that out, and it's on VH1 Classic, um, so check it out on your cable channel. Um, and let's uh, talk a little bit about, I mean, I loved your comedy uh, action when you did the one-man act. Are you still are you still involved in doing that? Yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm doing my one-man show uh, Tuesday, June 14th in New York City for the first time. I haven't done oh, it in New York cool. yet. Okay, um, okay. So, yeah, I'm playing at this place called the Players Theater. Tickets just went on sale today, actually, for it. So, um, nice. But, yeah, I'm excited because I've been doing this thing. It's more storytelling than it is stand-up. There's some stand-up in it, but it's more of a, you know, a show where it's not really – it's tough to work in a comedy club, but in a theater it's a perfect setting for it. I've done it a bunch of times, and you've seen it before, uh, where yeah. I was working it out in a comedy club. But, um, you know, it's it's a work in progress. I've been working on it for, like, two years. But, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to bring it to New York City for the first time. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well, if you ever come back down here to do it, I mean, everyone I brought to see you that night just, they loved it. I mean, you described it as an emotional roller coaster, and I think that was the perfect way to describe your experiences and, and what you went through. So, everyone listening in, if you haven't seen his one man act, definitely check out his website. Um, check him out at the Players, what was it called? Theater? 
Yeah, Players Theater uh, in, the, in the Grand Village, Tuesday, yeah, June 14th. It, yeah, it's absolutely amazing, and, yeah, it's just great. And and speaking about the one-man act, I mean, would you ever think of taking that on, a, on the road and doing a tour with that? That's, that's, that's my goal. That's what I want to do. I want that's to take so, it across okay. the country and do, and do awesome. that, yeah. So hopefully hopefully that will happen, but this is, you know, we, you know, you just have to slowly build up to that. Like Colin Quinn, I'm friends with him and his one-man show. Um, oh, you know, cool. it took him a while to really get it going, and he did it in a bunch of venues, and then eventually it became an HBO special. So that's the, you know, the route I'm hoping to take with it. But it takes time. You just got to be patient. But in the meantime, you make a lot of adjustments with it, and twist it, and turn, and cut some stuff, mm-hmm. and add some stuff in. So it's it's fun. It's not. It's just the first thing I've ever. I've never done anything like this before, where it's not just jokes. So it's more. It's a lot. Per, you know, everything's personal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And any interest in ever writing a book? I don't know. I thought of that today. I was, like, working in prison. And I'm like, huh, that would be an interesting question to ask Jim because I have my, my life, my prison life stories are just, I mean, I could write a book tomorrow. It's crazy. So you have, I mean, just your one-man act, your, your jokes, and, you know, a lot of the things that you give to the audience about your life. Would you ever think of writing a book? I would love to. I mean, I, I, I have one about three-quarters written so far. But, and that oh, was awesome. My, that was my girl. That was my goal to write a book, and then you know, and a lot about the one man show in there. But then, I you know, I pitched it and stuff. And they're like, hey, "We're not ready for that. Why don't you do that?" And they're like, "Why don't you do the show first? And if the show becomes successful, you turn that into a book." So that's what I'm waiting for. So I'm doing the show first, and then hopefully it turns into a book. Because I'd love to write a book. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think that would be great if you did that. And so many people are doing that right now too. And I don't know, maybe that's another way for people, like you said, to kind of branch off and get their name out there and, you know, just tell the world kind of their experiences, what they've been through. So, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so what else? What else do you have going on? I know you've done uh, – I also checked out Meet the Creeps, and that was hysterical. That was another uh, thing that you had worked on. Are you still working on that, or is that something that uh, – I don't know. You know, we, it, we, it's a series of DVDs me and Don Jameson put out. It's just taking camera pranks. Uh, we just right. put one out um, – like a month ago, and I don't know, oh, okay. but we're, we're not sure. You know, we'd like to get a TV deal from it or some kind of show. You know, so we're, you know, it's out there. We're hoping to get something with it, but we're not sure if we're going to do more or not. If we if we don't get a show, it takes a lot of time Very and a cool. lot of energy to do those. So I don't know. Oh, we're, we're not sure. You know, but we're, we're busy with the metal show. We're touring and stuff, so we got a lot going on. So for right now, we're not going to do any any more of them. But we, you know, we got a new product out there that people can like, you know, right, enjoy right. for the time being. Sure, and everyone, definitely go to jimflorentine.com. You can check out Meet the Creeps. Um, there's, like you said, there's numerous series out already that you have with that, and it's it's really funny stuff. So definitely check that stuff out. And uh, the Terrorizing Telemarketers, again, that's I, I love that stuff. I think that stuff is <laughs> it's just amazing. I mean, how do you how do you even come up with those ideas? You guys just, I guess, brainstorm and... Yeah, we brainstorm, and we just, you know, just kind of ad-lib and see where it's going, you know, like so if they say something, then we just take it in a direction and we don't know, you know, it's kind of, right. know, sometimes we have a general idea, but I remember like one guy called and he's like, yeah, I'm uh, interested in some office furniture. I'm like, yeah, because I'm interested in anything, you know, just keep on the phone. I don't care what the hell I sell. And, and he's like, all right, yeah, that's great. Um, I guess, you know, we just, um, we have to meet somewhere. So as soon as I heard that, I go, okay. He's like, well, where do you want to meet? I'm like, um, well, I know this motel in New Jersey. And he's like, 
a motel. I'm like, yeah, like just, you know, uh, I don't know, just, we'll go there and just uh, meet. We'll talk it over. The guy's like, all right, that's a little strange, but um, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. So I'm like, yeah, that'll be better. He's like, okay. And I'm like, uh, by the way, uh, what are you going to be wearing? And this is a guy. And he's like, what am I going to be right. wearing? Uh, why? I'm like, I just was, I don't know, I was curious. He's like, I'd probably just, uh, you know, a uh, suit and a tie. I'm like, oh, really? You can wear, like, you know, tight jeans and a shirt? He's like, what are you, well, what's going on here? <laughs> well, yeah, I just thought, you know, you just dress casual or something like that. I'm, it was really, it's, it, and it just gets really creepy. And, you know, I'm, I'm lying in the hotel room, like, as, you know, <laughs> right, right, like right. I'm gay. And, I, you know, he, all he said is we got to meet somewhere. And I just popped in my head, all right, perfect. I'm going to tell a guy I want to meet her in a motel room. Right, so, you right, know, and then awesome. other times we have an idea, like, yeah, hey, let's just try this and see what happens. So it all depends. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's great. Why don't we, I mean, I played one in the beginning, and uh, why don't we check out one of the other ones? I, I had to pick this one, Prison Rape, just because I work in prison. So this one was hilarious. So uh, why don't we right, check yeah, out, yeah. Okay. yeah, that one's great. This is off of uh, Jim Florentine's Terrorizing Telemarketers number series four, and again, that's at jimflorentine.com. And let's check out his uh, bit that he does called Prison Rate. And we'll be right back. Hello? Hi, this is Lemmy Kilmister. Yeah. How are you doing? This is John from University. Just want to let you know there's two events coming up um, April 2nd. The other event is be held on April 12th. It's an opportunity for you to apply for the summer semester. Those states are going to be no good, actually. Okay. I got to go on. I gotta go to jail for 30 days starting April 1st. Well, just give us a call back. I'm not gonna be able to call you from prison. It's only got one call a day, though. Well, as soon as you get out. You know, you punch your girlfriend in the face once, and that's what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's no problem. You guys don't have any problem with, you know, um, a convicted felon going to school. I mean, obviously, they're gonna ask you the question on the, on the application. Um, I don't know how they're gonna take it. You know, my girlfriend was nagging at me one night, so I just belted her in the face. All right. I mean, I've, I've never, I've never had to deal with such a situation. So, is the regular classrooms where the classes are going to be? Or how is yeah, it work? the regular classrooms. What are the um, seats? I are they just been... like regular seats, or? Yeah. Are they cushion seats? So I'm just afraid. I don't know. You know, I mean, Rikers Island is supposedly pretty tough, and I have a feeling I'm going to get raped over there. So, you know what I mean? Right. My ass is going to be pretty sore. Sorry. So I'm just hoping that there's at least cushioned seats. If the wood seats, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit on them. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I could transfer you to a department where you can find out. Well, if I'll be able to sit on wood seats. I mean, what kind of seats will be available? Um, yeah, can you transfer me then? Mm, sure. Okay. Okay, everyone. <laughs> we are back on the air with Jim Florentine. We just listened to his bit called Prison Rape off of his telemarketers, Terrorizing Telemarketers uh, CD number four. Um, that's great, Jim. That is just, that's hysterical. Yeah, that was another one I just ad-libbed because I was just like, all right, uh, you know, I'd love to start, you know, next month, but I'm going to jail. And then I just, you know, <laughs> turned into something brutal. Ass-raping. <laughs> and... And the thing that's even funnier is that these people actually sit on the line with you. I think that's even more hysterical is that they're trying to answer your questions. They're trying to help you out. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, I always play it so serious. I always play it so serious. Like, look, I don't know what to do. What should I do here? Or, look, I'm just trying to get the information. I didn't know. Is this weird that I'm asking this or whatever it is? Like, I never let on that I'm fucking with them. But I'm always not that's sure. Great. Like, this guy's a weirdo, but he's saying on the phone, maybe I can tell him whatever I got. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I'll put this out there. If you ever need a psychologist and you want to, you know, have someone else just help do some writing, I would love to participate. <laughs> cool. So, um, all right. So, yeah, what else, I guess? Just some other uh, quick questions I have, and then, you know, anything that you want to plug or talk about, feel free to uh, interject. Um, if you had one piece of advice for an up-and-coming comedian, what would it be and why? Um, well, um, don't do it for the money, Anything. because if you do it for the money, you'll be out of the business real quick. Right. And, you know, like, just do it for the love and the passion for it. Don't, the money will come there eventually if you work hard. And, two, don't be jealous of other comics, because people get caught up in that. Like, you know, guys they start with, all of a sudden they're doing a little better than them, and they're just, you know, like, why the fuck is that guy up funnier than him? What the fuck? You know, if you're going right, to do that, right, right. which is fine. Use it as motivation instead of jealousy because then you're just going to be bitter and you're not going to be able to write because you're going to be so angry. You know, And you know what? The bottom line is look at yourself. Maybe you weren't um, – maybe you, you didn't hustle as much as that guy. Maybe you didn't sit and, write all, sit and write jokes all day like that guy did. So don't be pissed at him. You know, so comics get caught up in that, especially when they're young because they think they're great and they should be a lot further along than they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, they think they're great and they're, they're really not. They're, you know, it's a work in progress. So that's Absolutely. that's the two main things. Just do it for the you know love and and just don't be don't be envious of other comics. Use it as motivation, but don't be jealous. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And um, trying to think what else I have uh, to ask you that would be interesting. Um, I guess would you recommend this career path to others? Yeah, I mean if you like it, absolutely. I mean it's fun, man. Mm-hmm. You're, you're your own boss. You know you can go up yeah. on stage. Yeah drunk wearing an ACDC shirt to work. That's you know, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of freedom in it. You know, and you're creative and you get creative and, you know, the rush of up to being up on stage and get laughs is great. You know, it's a tough road, but, uh, you know, I used to cut lawns right. down in Florida in the fucking middle of August, like 30 lawns a day. That was rough. <laughs> right. You know, right. a lot of people, the guys are fucking plumbers, you know, dealing with shit all day. You know, that's a rough job. So, you know, landscapers, whatever, you know what I mean? Fucking guys on construction sites, that's rough, too. So whatever, everything's rough. But, you know, if you love it and you got a lot of freedom and, you know, you hang out and you work nights and it's cool and you sleep late, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great thing. Like you're saying, make some extra money on the side, do what you need to do. You know, don't do the comedy thing if you think you're going to be a millionaire uh, because, you know, like you said, it's a tough road and you got to do it because it's something you're passionate about and you enjoy. And uh, yeah, no, I think I think that's that's perfect. Those recommendations. So, what else? Uh, what else can the audience expect from you right now in terms of you know what else you're up to besides, as we mentioned, everything we've talked about tonight? Do you have any other you know you're work, working on any other CDs that might be coming out soon? Well, I do a podcast. I do a weekly podcast now. Um, I interview oh, okay, comedians cool. and musicians and stuff. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, if you go to my website, jimflorentine.com. The link is there, and then you, it's in iTunes. You can find it on iTunes, too. It's called the Jim Florentine Podcast. And, you know, nice. I interview mostly comics, but I'm going to do a lot of musicians and stuff, too. I interviewed guys. Jim Norton, I interviewed. He's up on, you know, this week. I interviewed Don Jameson, Robert Kelly. Um, uh, and then I interviewed Rudy Sarzo. He used to play with Choir Riot and Whitesnake. I got the singer from Slipknot, Corey Taylor, coming up. So, you know, every nice. week. Or I just go off on different things. And I, you know, so, so it depends. Well, Ottawa and Georgia, I can interview that, you know, the 
ventriloquist um, Otto and George too. So it's like you know, forty five minutes or an hour, and it's free, and you just download and listen to it on iTunes on your iPhone or whatever. Sure. Yeah, and it's just comments, yeah, just talking, you know. So it's, uh, I, I like it, I enjoy it because I just we turn on the microphone and we just talk. Very cool, very cool. I'll definitely have to check that one out soon. Definitely have to check out that show. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm so th- thankful and appreciative that you came on the show tonight. Um, my show's been doing really well, so it's been great to to have someone as established as you on the show. So again, thank you so much for being a part of it. And uh, yeah, let's let's uh, wind things down with uh, plugging some stuff that you'd like for everyone to check out or uh, tune into, and uh, then we will wrap things up. And I will definitely see you this weekend. Cool. Yeah, Carrie, you've always been supportive of comics. You always show up at the gigs, and we appreciate it. You know, so and you bring people you. and new people each time. So, no, well, you know, all the comics appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I basically, you know, I'm an Uncle Finney's, and then I got the podcast. Uh, I got a movie coming out at the end of June, June 24th, mm-hmm. called A Little Help with Jenna Fisher and Chris O'Donnell. I got a nice little role in that film. Um, it'll be in theaters on the 24th of June. And then um, I'm doing another stand-up album uh, down in Orlando, Florida, like the week of July 4th at the Improv in Orlando. Oh, cool. So it'll be on October on Blade Records. Very nice, very nice. So definitely, I would love to bring you back on in the near future, maybe close to when you release your album, so we can uh, we can talk about that, plug that, and help you get that out there. So feel free to definitely yeah, come back on October. again. Yeah, let's, let's do it in October when it comes out. That'd be great. Cause, okay. Uh, I'm, you know, Absolutely. I'll be looking to plug shit out of it. So. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Well, Jim, thank you so much for, for being a part of the show. And, I mean, we were on a full hour, so I really appreciate you coming on board. And, again, I'm a huge fan, and I'll continue to support you in any way that I can. All right. Awesome. I appreciate it. I'll see you this weekend. Thanks, Carrie. Okay. Thanks, Great Jim. Have a great night. All right. All right. All right Take care. Right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay, everyone. You just heard Jim Florentine, comedian Jim Florentine. And, uh, again, he will be performing this weekend in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club, Friday, May 27th at 10 o'clock p.m., and Saturday, May 28th, two shows, one at 8 o'clock p.m. and the other at 10 o'clock p.m., be sure to go to his website at jimflorentine.com and you can check out all of his CDs there titled Anger is a Gift and Get the Kids Out of the Room, his Terrorizing Telemarketer CDs, as well as Meet the Creeps DVDs, which is a hidden camera series. And any other information uh, for upcoming shows, please visit his website. All right, let's talk about who we have coming on next week. Um, someone in the chat room says, when is the show? I will get back to you in a minute with that one. Next week, we will have a uh, very familiar woman coming on this show. She is the queen of horror, is what I like to call her. It's actress Susie Lorraine, and she is a native out of New York City. She will be on next week, Wednesday, June 1st at 8 o'clock p.m., a little bit about her. She is an actor, a writer, and also a model, in addition to being an actress. She is uh, particularly drawn to the horror and comedy genres, and some of her most appealing roles to her have been those that fuse the two together. Among her biggest inspirations have been dark comedies such as Evil Dead and Basket Case, and her adoration of genre films has led to her being featured in Clang the Game, King of Gladiate, Kingdom of Gladiators, Destined to be Ingested, Wonton Baby, Sea of Dust, and Bikini Girls on Ice. 
Susie Oz also appeared in over 40 independent films, which has resulted in her having the opportunity to work all over the world. And she is also, for the past five years, she has had a column titled Diary of a Screen Queen, which has been featured in Gorezone Magazine, which is a United Kingdom-based genre magazine that has a circulation of 90,000 issues per month. In October 2009, she also co-hosted the Gorezone Film Festival in London, England, and she recently co-hosted several Monster Fest episodes for the AMC channel. Finally, she finished working behind the camera for the first time after completing a horror comedy film titled Wonton Baby, which is a story about a cannibalistic devil baby with an Elvis pompadour who goes on a killing rampage. For more information on Susie, visit SusieLorraine.com. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. The show would not have been what it has been without all of your support. Um, we're looking at, hopefully, as of tonight, having over a 1,000 listens to the station. So thank you so much, everyone. And uh, we will be back next week, and then we will have tons of other interviews coming up. Please check out the website as well as the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. I have all the different interviews listed. Again, tons of comedians. We have, again, Colette McClafferty coming up. She's going to be doing some PR work for the band ZO2, and we are trying to bring back uh, the uh, Z-Rock show, uh, which was originally on the air. We're going to bring that back. And um, tons of other interviews. So, again, uh, definitely check it out, everyone. Thanks for the support, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. We will leave tonight with my single, Leave It All Behind, off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, and I will see you all next week. Thanks.